life has a way of just getting away from you. And when I say that, I'm meaning that this has been a long period of time from my last podcast to this one. And that's just because sitting down and finding the time, the patience, the energy to do them when you have two young kids running around, it's not always that easy. So where I am in my life right now isn't always where I am when I'm talking about where I'm at in my journey with the podcast. And I really need to find a better word for journey. I always think of journey as this sometimes exciting. And yes, it can be perilous and there's things along the way. But cancer, I guess, is a journey, but there's got to be a better word. Anyways, I that's me jumping around. Um, there have been times where I have been lucky enough when doing this podcast where I have been at the exact moment of what's happening in my life. So when I talked about like the acupuncture and that, I was going through acupuncture at the time I was talking about it. And there's pros and cons to doing it both ways. I find when I'm coming back and talking about what happened, I've had more time to reflect. So a lot of it's a reflection, other things have happened or are going on in my life, pieces of the puzzle are kind of fitting together and I've had time to mull things over and I go back and I'm talking about the experience with um, with like a reflective lens as well as what I've been through. When I'm going through something at the moment and I'm talking about it, it's definitely the feelings are more raw because I'm going through it right now. But I find there's a lot of uh, lots of hmms and uh, I don't know because I don't know what's going on. I haven't had time to process the feelings and there's a lot of I don't knows, especially with cancer and chemo and healing and survivorship. It is a big unknown. Every person's different. Every person's journey, if you will, is different. How they experience it is different. So it makes it very unique with definitely similarities, of course, but unique nonetheless. Also, when I'm going through it at the time, it is very real because it's happening. When I reflect on it, it's still very real. And there are times so I have to really write down and think, did that really happen? Or how did that happen? And it's jogging my memory. So there's times afterwards, and this would be a con, that I'd come back and be like, oh, that did happen. Oh, I should have mentioned that. That that happened and it's just coming back to me now. So you can get jumping around as well. But my mind also jumps around a lot. So this is, if you talk to me in person, this is how I talk anyways. My husband's always telling me, okay, slow down. You've just put a hundred different thoughts really, really fast and I can't keep track of what you're saying. So I'm going to try to slow down. The last time I did a podcast was actually a few months ago. I was going through, um, did um, acupuncture at the time. And I hadn't gotten the CT scan yet. So where we left off was I was getting prepping for a CT scan. So this time the CT scan, I had only I only have experiences from my last CT scan for how long it is, and it's the only one I've ever had in my life. The CT scan, and I've mentioned this before, 
is kind of that make it or break it test. Do we detect something? And if so, what are we doing? Or we don't detect anything and you are cancer free for this moment in time. So I have a, a port now. And when you're going to, a, when you have a port, you can do the CT scan through your port. So I was getting my regular port flush and I was doing it at the South Calgary uh, campus. And that's where I was also going to do my CT scan. So the big thing is, is they want to make sure that there's a nurse who's qualified to access a port because there's not many of them. And I guess they, they're not, not every nurse can do it. It's special qualifications. So make sure that there's one going to be working on the day of my CT scan. So I go down and yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you have a port. Okay. Yeah, there should be one. Um, as long as you're not getting a CT scan on a weekend or in the evening, there should be one. And it looks like everything will be fine. Great. Sounds good. I'll see you in a week. So I, I prepped for this CT scan the last time I was, I had to take drink this. It wasn't awful, but it was just a lot to drink. So I got my book. I've got lots of water. I'm just prepping and ready to go. So I, I get there and right away there, you know, you fill out all your forms and that you have to basically sign your life away because they're injecting you with stuff. And I go in and I'm sitting in the little waiting room and I start getting comfortable, get my book and because I'm like, I'm in here for the long haul. And as I'm like taking stuff out of my bag and setting it all up, they, they call me to go in and I'm just like, oh, I, I thought I had to drink this liquid and that. And they said, no, that's just for a baseline. So when you get your first uh, CT scan, they give, they do, I guess what's called a baseline and you drink the liquid so it goes all through you. And now that they've had a baseline, I just have to get um, an IV hooked up and it's that simple. So great. That means this is not going to take me all day. So that's uh, yay, a positive, fabulous. So I go in and I've got my open shirt so, you know, they can access my port. And the, the nurse looks at me and he goes, uh, you have a port. And I was kind of like, yep. And he's like, I don't have on your file that you have a port. And he's showing me the papers. And I was like, I have a port. And I was kind of getting frustrated. So I was like, I told him I have a port. I went out of my way to say I have a port. And he's like, well, when did you get the port put in? And I was like, I've had it since September. And I was here last week to double check. And he's like, well, we don't have a nurse to access the port. Like, we're going to have to put this off and wait and we'll have to get one. And I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, like I went out of my way to advocate, communicate, and here I am again. And they're looking at me like, you didn't tell us you have a port. So I just said, you know what, let's just do the IV in my arm. I don't want to wait. I don't have to put someone out like, and also this is going to be a lot faster. Like I just want it done and over with. And in the end, when you go through the port, you have to sign more papers than just going through the IV through your arm. And the reason is, is the port goes right into the main valve or ventricle or artery something. Anyway, right through your heart. So when they're injecting something, if you were to have an infection or an adverse reaction, it's straight into your heart. So there's a lot less chance of them being able to go in and stop it before it reaches your heart and kills you. Where if it's in your arm and it goes through your vein, there's a, they can 
you have more time for them to stop it and that. So it's safer, I guess, through the arm. Um, so I'm just like, well, then, yay, through the arm. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, and I haven't been using my veins anyways much since I've got the port. So I do the port flushes. I've been getting all my blood work through the port at the same time. So my veins are, are relatively good. And the, another thing is going through your port is sometimes your veins are really hard to access in that. So port's just easier. It's less uncomfortable, painful, all the rest. So I, I was like, let's just do it in my arm. So you're there and, you know, they're trying to make small talk. And I mean, they know why you're there and you're just kind of they're like, well, you know, how's how are you doing how's the weather and all the rest and you're trying to smile and be positive and you're just like I'm great great I guess I I just really want this to go well and I don't know how to make it go well like there's not some magic thing I can say or do so you lay there on this table and it's telling you when to breathe and it gets to a point where it feels like you've peed yourself just to get this warm sensation down your legs, but you haven't. And you got the arm above your head. You have to keep your arm above your head. And you're just like, I, I hope so bad they find nothing. And you're just breathing really deep and you're thinking healthy thoughts, if it's possible to think healthy thoughts. And, and you're done and, and you put something, you know, you get your stuff back on and it's kind of like, well, you know, have a great weekend and, and best of luck and we're thinking about you and we're, we're rooting for you and hopefully it all goes your way and yeah. And then next it's the waiting game. But before you leave, of course, they tell you, don't worry, your doctor should have your results on Monday. And I think I was getting my um, CT scan on Friday and you're like, well, I Okay, that's good to know, but I don't have a meeting with my oncologist till the Thursday. And I had one with, um, I have a, an appointment with a surgeon on the Wednesday. So you're thinking, okay, so they have the results Monday, and yet you still have to wait till the Thursday to get them. And it's, adding, it, it's anxiety. You try to keep your mind off of the results as much as you can, but it's it's weighing on you so you're trying to keep busy in that uh and the weekend goes by and um i've got my surgeon appointment on either the tuesday or the wednesday and the surgeon ones they just want to it's been how many months since the actual surgery so they just want to check everything out and that so I go into the surgery's off the surgeon's office and my husband comes and my surgeon is fabulous and right away she kind of says oh uh, you had your CT scan and I've got the results and you're thinking okay are, are you gonna share them or do I have to wait to see the oncologist and she's like and it looks really good and it's just like you didn't realize you've been holding your breath but I you kind of have I guess and because it's all of a sudden this Whoosh, it's like letting out this big breath that you've been holding for how many days and then you kind of get lightheaded and you're like that's great like what is that like that's good and then she's like there's a few couple things on there though like um they found uh some scarring or some spots in your lungs that they want to that you know they're going to want to talk to you about and that 
and some on, on your liver. They found a couple things. But I mean, there's no reoccurrence and this is all fabulous and all the rest. And then they look at your, my scar. It's every, you can't even see it. Everything's great. How are you feeling? Great. And in the back of your mind, you're like, whoa, spots on my lungs, my liver. And that doesn't really hit you at the time. And it wasn't until we leave the surgeon's office and we're driving and it kind of filters through and you're like, oh my gosh, what, what does that even mean? Like, does this mean lung cancer, liver cancer? Because those are the next places it most likely would metastasize to if it does metastasize somewhere else in my body. The most common places would be your lungs and your liver. But you're thinking, if it was something serious, surely they would tell you. So you've got this other lingering thing. And you're like, okay, well, I've got my appointment tomorrow, thank goodness. But what does this mean? So I, my family's come in from out of town. It's uh, my son's spring break. And I really was hoping we could just spend a lot of time together, but I've got appointments that you can't reschedule. So my stepmom was able to come with me to my oncologist appointment. And thank goodness, being the nurse in that, she's able to kind of keep things like written down and questions to ask that I don't even think about asking or don't even think about till later. And also with this brain fog that's still so real, I write lots of things down and I think I have them all. And then it's after the fact, I'm like, oh, right. I, I vaguely remember that. So I met the, I go to the oncologist and I, they, you know, how are you feeling, all the rest. And then let's talk about your CT scans, like no reoccurrence. We're really happy with the progress and everything like that. And, um, you know, but, and then I'm kind of like, well, yeah, the surgeon told me, but she said something about my lungs and my liver and the oncologist is like, oh, so she's reading the fine print and that. And she's like, oh yeah, scarring on the lungs. She's like, there's some marks in your lungs, but she's like, but don't worry, it's not lung cancer. Lung cancer shows up as spots. This is like uh, what happens if you've had a really bad cold, like pneumonia or something like that. And uh, like where it involves, you know, lung stuff and coughing, it'll show kind of scarring and marks on your lungs. And that's what it looks like has happened. So, you know, have you been sick recently? And I'm thinking, no. They, then they take my oxygen and my oxygen is always at 100% and I'm sitting up tall and breathing in deep to show that like, look at me, I'm not coughing. I got great healthy lungs. And I'm thinking, no, I, I haven't had anything. And I was like, I had COVID back in January. And I was like, but that was back in January. And mine lasted literally 24 hours and I never had a cough. Not once. Like my family has been hacking up a storm. Me, nothing. Okay. So she's like, well, that's got to be it because it just, that's what it's looking like. It like from a past cough and that, but that's kind of, it's got to be that. And that's how they explained it away in the back of my mind. I'm like, but I haven't had a cough. And so there's still like a lingering kind of thing that are you sure that's what it's from? And it's not something more serious. Like I shouldn't be keeping an eye on something, but at some point you have to just trust that they that's what it is and it might not 100% make sense but you just have to have faith or and trust that that's they they got it figured out and then the liver one she says that she's like well it, sometimes on 
your liver, it, you can get what looks like spots and then they analyze it closer and it looks like um, varicose veins almost. So she's like, do you have, you know, like, or spider veins? Do you have spider veins in your legs and that? And I was like, yes. And she's like, well, if you've got spider veins in your legs and arms or anywhere kind of on your body, you're more likely to get them internally as well. So, and there's a big medical name. I think it starts with a B for how to explain it. So that's what it was. And she's like, it showed up more in your first baseline. That's why we didn't take it too seriously than this one. And she's like, but because they're in the same spot, it's not like I want, she's like, we don't need to go investigate further of that's what they are to see if it is something because it's in the same thing. It's going to be little spider veins. She's like, some people get them, some people don't. But now that we've got it on your baseline, it should be, that's what it is. So I'm feeling good, but here's the plan. Um, we're going to go get blood work every three months. I've got a colonoscopy scheduled coming up in June. And um, I'm going to need another CT scan. So the surgeon had kind of said, you know, you're young. We want to do CT scans every three months and that. And the oncologist was like, whoa, 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 no. She's like, I'm thinking every six months. And she's like, and the only reason is, is everything is looking great. The tumor you had showed low reoccurrence, all the rest. And when you do your CT scans, it's radiation in that. And I don't want to set you up for a secondary cancer in 20 years by putting other stuff into you that I don't need to. She's like, with the um, blood work, what happens is we test for a tumor marker. If the tumor marker comes up, it's a certain number. And if it comes up above a certain, like, say it's five, I'm thinking... My brain is sometimes very foggy still. If it's elevated, then something's going on and we'll investigate further, whether this means a CT scan, anything like that, and go from there. If it's showing low, then there's no reason to give you radiation and do all these things if your blood work and everything's normal. So I agree. I, well, you know, I, I don't want a secondary cancer in 20 years. I'd rather never have cancer again. Thank you blows and it sucks. So I'm going to get blood work every three months. Yay. And so my, my stepmom asked and she's like, oh, just curiosity, this number for um, the tumor marker. She's like, did it show it was elevated when she got her blood work? So, you know, my oncologist is flipping through her stuff and she's like, funny thing is, and she's like, it's kind of annoying. When you did your blood work before the CT scan, they forgot to test for your tumor marker. But she's like, but we have the CT scan and it's clear. So that's great. And I'm like, okay. So then we're asking, so if I go get blood work again and they forget to test this tumor marker, she's like, well, then we send you back to get more blood work with the tumor marker. And she's like, right before your surgery, when you got your blood work, or sorry, after your surgery, yes, after your surgery, we did the blood work and the tumor mark was less, like it wasn't elevated to show that we had gotten it all. And so my stepmom was like, okay, well, out of curiosity, what was it before the surgery? Like when it was the tumor and it was elevated so we can show that it's gone down and this is a marker we can count on. And my oncologist, great question. And she goes to my blood work and she's like, we don't have that. What do you mean you don't have it? Well, sometimes they forget to take it. So we don't have any of your tumor markers when you actually had the tumor to show elevation. 
Okay, so is this tumor marker something that we can rely on 100%? No, but it is 85% accurate around there. So 85% of the time, people who have cancer tumors have an elevated tumor marker, and when they're, they don't, the, uh, they don't have tumors, so the marker goes down. There are rare cases where the marker means nothing. People will still show low elevated markers even when they have cancer tumors. So fingers crossed, because it's always about luck and hope and everything else, I am not one of those people. But as I have nothing to show that it has ever been elevated, because all my blood work for this marker have come after my surgery, fingers crossed that it stays low and it stays low and it is an accurate marker. So some of those things that you just feel great, like afterwards, people are like, don't you have so much faith in our healthcare system? No, our healthcare system is broken. I, it is, it's a hundred percent broken. Are there good people working in the healthcare system? Amazing people. Amazing. The doctors I've had along the way, the nurses I've had, the clerks, the RNs, LPNs, whatever those letters are, they've been amazing. Are they overworked? 100%. Are they working in a system that is broken? Yes. Is the communication really crappy? 100%. I've had so much miscommunication even about getting a port flush at a different hospital because the information hasn't come through. And then to find out that they were supposed to take a tumor marker before my surgery, but it never happened. And oops, and it's not like I can go back. So that's frustrating. It's so yes, there's just frustrations. But overall, yay. From this appointment, I can say at this at that moment of time, this moment in time, I am, I am cancer free. I might not be in two weeks. I might not be in three months. I might not be in a year. But with this whole diagnosis and that, it is really a day-to-day -day thing. And I'm hoping to string more days together that are positive where I'm not constantly thinking about cancer and reoccurrence and it's hard. And I keep having to go back to my my mantra, I am I am cancer free. They've got this. I do not have cancer. And when you have a test like that to verify it, it goes a long ways because you're like, I am cancer free. I am great. And then my next CT scan is in September. Uh, June, so March. Yeah. So six months. Um, as we get closer to September, I'm sure my anxiety and worry will go up because it's, again, this big test. But right now, I can kind of breathe a sigh of relief and go celebrate and say, at this moment, I'm, I'm cancer-free. I've, I've beat it right now. And I can celebrate. So this is really super exciting news.